0: Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business.
1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. We're going to have a great program today because the person I'm speaking with is an expert in helping businesses get their message out there. So please join me in welcoming Arthur Tubman to the program. Welcome, Arthur. How are you?
0: I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh,
1: not bad. Well, thank you for being a guest. So before we talk, you know, before we jump in, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Arthur Tubman is the CEO and founder of D4Y Brand Builder, a digital marketing agency working with clients to create comprehensive and scalable marketing and branding campaigns. A few of his successes have included successfully growing Facebook pages to over 10 million page likes worked on YouTube videos that have amassed as much as 26 million views. And that was just on one video. He's created multiple seven figure product launches and helped businesses grow their businesses ten t- or more than ten times their growth using all forms of social media. And he's launched a media publishing company and generated over seven million unique page views during the first five weeks through social media. Holy schmoly, so everybody has just now been blown away by the numbers, Arthur. So welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Great. Well, now, you know, let's just jump into this because I'm assuming, and you'll know, correct me when I'm wrong, that those big numbers were not for gigantic companies that were going to get those numbers anyway. I'm kind of assuming that it was a business that. Really needed assistance, and you guys were um, at D4Y were really able to help provide that.
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, the 10 million numbers uh, pages that I've personally grown myself, so these are my personal fan pages that I've grown 10 million fans um, over the course of the last six years. We've grown um, all the pages that we manage for both myself and our clients to over 115 million fans on Facebook. And like you said, it was from scratch. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like big Fortune 100 corporations um, or anyone that has a well-known name in the space. And it's a little bit of a unique strategy. Uh, It's community building. It's uh, focusing on hot niche topics. Mm -hmm. It's not so much like, you know, John's plumbing shop. It's more, um, you know, about like various interests. Um, uh, whether it's music or culture or, okay. um, entertainment or something like that.
1: Okay, great. Well, and I'm assuming it was never ever that you just bought those fans.
0: Um, no, uh, <laughs> I, I built, I built that completely from scratch. I so. love it.
1: I love it. And you know, it's, and, and that's what folks need to understand is sure. You can get n- big numbers really fast without a lot of money. But uh, they're not the right fans. And so by working with Arthur and doing what he suggests the, or is going to suggest that we do, it's a way to build true, honest, loyal fans, <clears throat> excuse me, rather than just people who clicked like because they got paid to click like.
0: Yeah, no, we, we actually I'm, I'm strongly against anybody that does that, especially in 2017. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I was first, like, really getting started with teaching people how to do this in 2013, People would say to me, Arthur, I can buy, I can buy likes. I go to Fiverr.com, mm-hmm. I can go to these link farm sites. If people are doing that in 2017, as their new friend or uh, online digital acquaintance uh, through this podcast or through this radio interview, uh, please don't do that. You're sabotaging your fan page. Mm-hmm. It's becoming worthless, and those those aren't real people. A lot of the time, those are bots right. or paid people that are being paid to. To basically click like, mm-hmm. you can buy likes, but you can't buy engagement. Right, and engagement's the name of the game when it comes to growing your business. Right,
1: you know, and it is tricky because a business looks at their page, <coughs> and they think, "Oh, we need more fans," or we go to like a page and we're like, well, "Only ten people have liked this page. It's not worth my time either." But it's it's exactly what you use that one word, and that's engagement. So, talk to us about how people really need to work on their engagement to really grow their numbers?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, everything that we we do for our clients or whether it's growing pages uh, for myself, uh, everything kind of has a milestone mm-hmm. um, and there's steps in the timeline of getting to the point where you're driving engagement. And so just to kind of take you through that, like, I guess, timeline journey, Mm -hmm. the first 5,000 fans, we're just trying to figure out who our audience is, who our avatar is, what is the demographic that we're really going for. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're just building it up. We're putting a lot of content out and we we don't really care if it's getting a ton of engagement, uh, so to speak. Mm -hmm. By the time we get to 5,000, that's when we start to introduce engagement posts and engagement posts are basically like, um, you know, driving comments or driving shares or driving likes, okay. uh, by, by asking people questions, mm-hmm. by, uh, putting surveys out, by putting polls out, by introducing contests and giveaways. And that's one of the ways that we drive engagement. And then by the time that we get to about 10,000 fans on a page, we like to do what we call introducing an attractive character. So it's not just a page that's faceless, but it's a page that's run by somebody, a person. Okay. And so we like to be able to introduce our client or a person to basically say, like, hey, I'm the person that started this page. Mm-hmm. I love this topic or I love, you know, this thing that we're in together in this community. Mm-hmm. And I want to, you know, tell you about myself, but I also want to learn about you. Okay. And that drives more engagement, right? Um, I don't know, uh, you know, how familiar you are with, like, the Facebook Live craze. Mm-hmm. But right now, I mean, a Facebook Live video will produce 10 times more engagement than any other type of post right. that you can do. Mm-hmm. And it also creates that personable connection with your audience. Mm-hmm. So once you once people start doing that, start going live, um, going from ten thousand to twenty thousand to thirty thousand becomes a lot. You you've created a lot more momentum. It becomes a lot easier, and you can start introducing things like lead generation, giving away you know infographics or reports or ebooks or different things that you do in your business. And then eventually, once you get to about thirty thousand, is where we recommend that people start monetizing their page uh, to help them grow their business. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and we want to be clear that this is not something that happens overnight, Mm-mm. you know, and, and I think that's one of the things that is very difficult for an entrepreneur, a small business owner, you know, it, we do, we want it to happen now. And, and that's, you know, that is why people used to buy uh, people who liked their page, you know, all those various things and they get discouraged quickly too. You know, they look at it and they go, oh my gosh, you know, I've had this Facebook page for a month and nothing's happened. Well, you know, folks, it takes time and it takes work. <laughs> you know, you can't just post every once in a while and think, "Well, people will find me."
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I, I like to to tell people that this, you know, community building in general, especially with Facebook fan pages, it's a long term strategy. It's a long term play, mm-hmm. uh, but it reaps. Really big rewards if you stick it out, and I'll 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 share a story with you mm-hmm. um, of a client uh, from a couple of years ago that um, we still work with uh, today, just through a little bit of consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they came to us back in the spring of 2014, um, and they had a brand that uh, is called uh, Country Rebel, mm-hmm. and people that are in that space really know this brand now. It's it's become a household name. When it comes to country music space um, and anyone that's into country music. But when they came to us, they're like, hey, we want to build our brand. We want to sell our wallets, our Americana gear. We want to sell these plaques that we have. We want to sell T-shirts. And I was like, that's great. Um, And it's going to take some time for you to build your brand because nobody knows who you are. Mm -hmm. And I presented a different idea or a different strategy with this community building aspect. And I said, hey, instead of focusing on building your country rebel fan page that nobody knows about, nobody knows who you are. It's going to take time. It's going to cost a lot more uh, money and resources and a lot more effort in, in the early going. What if we focused on building a community page called "Addicted to Country Music" ah. and focused full of celebrity, you know, country music artists that we want to really, you know, um, interact with our fans on, talk about that they love and that we love. And what we did was we built that "Addicted to Country Music" page from zero to about 1.6 million in about eight to ten months. Uh-huh. So. It's a, you know, an extended period of time, but we went kind of fast right. um, and it was a hot niche. So it worked and it grew really, really fast once it hit like some of the tipping points. Mm-hmm. And what we started to do uh, at about 1.6 million fans is we started to cross promote their Country Rebel brand, which is brand new. Nobody knew about it yet. Um, we started to cross promote it. Now, if you were to go in, on Facebook right now, wherever you are, and you were to type in Country Rebel, you would see that their fan page has close to 8 million fans. Wow. You would see that that Addicted to Country music page has about 4 million fans. Mm-hmm. So the community is what built their brand. Right. So they accomplished the, the goal that they had originally of building their brand. Mm-hmm. But they did it through this unique strategy of focusing on the community mm-hmm. and not focusing on, let me sell a bunch of people a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that they may or may not need.
1: Right. You know, and, and I think that is so key to this because we don't like being sold to. You know, and, and, and it's, you know, that's one of the things that has started to really bug me about Facebook is all of the ads, you know, I will go off and do a Google search for something, you know, and, and, and then I go back to Facebook and there's all these ads for it, you know, and, and it's like, Ugh, that's not why I'm there. I'm on Facebook because of the community aspects, Um, you know, and, and so the second somebody really starts to sell me something, even if it was maybe something that I wanted, there's kind of an initial turnoff. And so I love that you build that community first and then you kind of gently introduce, oh, and by the way, you know, here is here is this great country band, you know, whatever it is that, that, you know, that is actually being sold. But here's this great product or service that we already know you're interested in. So here this is. So you kind of built up that no like trust feature long before you actually said, give us money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You just hit the nail right on the head. And what you what you just described is what we call bridge marketing. Mm-hmm. It becomes a lot easier to create that bridge once you have the the trust of your audience. Right. Well, and I- uh, just to piggyback on that just a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, Deb. You know, I have a webinar that I hold um, every so often. I actually, just presented this in Miami on uh, this past Sunday. Uh-huh. And uh, I have a secret of I have three secrets of. You know, how I was able to drive so much traffic so fast through social media. And my second secret is um, I say why creating culture is always better than buying cold traffic in any industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say that, I don't I'm not suggesting that direct response marketing doesn't work at all. Like, I think it would be pretty ludicrous for me to do that. I I run an agency. Uh, I promote building sales funnels and driving cold traffic Mm -hmm. to offers. But, and the big but, is I feel that a highly engaged culture or community, mm-hmm. plus direct response marketing, allows you to have a lot more assets, a lot more profits, and a long-term sustainable evergreen business. Right. A lot of people are focused on the quick, short-term strategy or tactics or solution, but I, I just believe in building those long-term assets mm-hmm. that equate to long-term profits. Right.
1: You know, and, and that's so important, no matter what the size of business is, because Typically, someone is buying something more than once. You know, it it depends on what it is as to how often they buy it and how many times they buy it, obviously. But, you know, very rarely is there something that you really do just buy one time. And, you know, and we go back to the companies that we liked working with that gave us good customer service, you know, all these various things. It's funny. I'm I'm, uh, thinking about upgrading my iPhone. And, Went, you know, earlier today to my little local Verizon place, it's five minutes away, got absolutely horrible service, you know, and, and after 15 minutes of them doing nothing more than we'll be right with you, I walked out, you know, and, 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 and I like it because it's very close. If I have problems, you know, it's, it's there, but you know we we like you know I I like dealing with them because of the proximity you know I built that relationship with them over five years, and they drop the ball you know and and the same thing happens whether it's social media whether it's whatever if you build that relationship and then don't continue it, people go elsewhere you know there are a lot of other places I can go get my phone sure I'll have to drive or I could order it online or whatever but we when when that trust feature is kind of, you know, goes away, we really do find somebody else and we find them very quickly. You know, we don't give many second opportunities.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true. People don't shop necessarily just based on price. People shop a lot of times based on convenience and based on service.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and I think that's what businesses kind of forget is they might Initially build those communities and then they get caught up in, well, we're just going to sell our stuff to them now. And it's, it's about the ongoing community. Um, You know, I love the businesses that I am connected with on Facebook where, you know, if I comment on something, they respond. I love that. You know, and I don't even care if they're just saying, Hey, thanks. You know, the fact that they took the time to read my comment. You know, that that says uh volumes. You know, what what really annoys me is when I post on somebody's page and I get crickets. You know, especially if it's pretty clear that I was asking and, and you know, in essence saying, Hello, I want to give you money and then if they never respond, Oh, you know, no, 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 bad, bad, bad.
0: Yeah, great point. And,
1: right. You know, and it is it is just like if you walk into a store and someone is rude to you there or ignores you you know, you you go elsewhere. And the same thing happens on social media. And it is because we are expecting that community. You know, we we built that relationship with them. we loved hearing their stories, good and bad, you know, all those various things. And it doesn't take much for us to go somewhere else.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Deb, if you if you go back and you kind of look at, uh, you know, what Facebook, what values or what, you know, what Facebook was meant to do what it was built for in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It wasn't built for businesses to market their businesses.
1: Right. It was was, built for those teenagers to keep in touch with the teenagers in the other dorm.
0: Exactly. It was built for, uh, and then it it evolved to, you know, everybody being able to use it. But really, it it was created for that two-way interaction. It was created for community. It was created for, um, you know, having those, you know, conversations with your friends, your family, your colleagues. However, it wasn't created so that you can just go and sell or pitch or spam your products mm-hmm. and services to a bunch of people. Right. Um, and a lot of business owners do forget that. They do forget that there is a business platform on Facebook that you can use and leverage to really sell your goods and services. Mm-hmm. But there's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think that, you know, the way that we do it with our agency, with our clients, and also internally with our media publishing company, it's probably a little bit unconventional. But uh, from my my opinion or my perspective, I, I believe the way we do it is exactly how Facebook intended people to do it from the very beginning.
1: Right. You know, and it's I understand Facebook is a business, you know, and, and so they have to make money and that's why they do the ads. But, you know, it, they are tweaking things continually because I think they also realize that it is called social media for a reason. Um, you know, and, and so it's interesting. And then of course, when you add, you know, have the other platforms, you know, the absolute worst thing to me is when I am on LinkedIn and I get the spammy salesperson there, you know, hi, thanks for connecting. I would like to sell you my product. I'm like, gah! You know, and, and on Twitter, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, whatever. And, and typically it's because they've got an autoresponder. You know, you, you connect, you, you follow them on Twitter and then you get this wham. Hey, I'd like to sell you this product. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, and so I ignore it on Twitter, but you know, it's, it is one of those things where when businesses are using them, I think what we always have to remember is we're not the, the, what we're connected to is not a business. We're connecting to people. And so we have to remember to treat them like people and be, and treat them like we want to be treated ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, am a, I'm a big believer in, uh, in masterminds and I'm part of a mastermind, uh, with uh, Russell Brunson. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with, with Russell or not. No. Um, but he, he's got a concept called the attractive character mm-hmm. and he believes very, very strongly. And it's one of the things that he teaches constantly. He's got a couple best selling books out. And the concept that he talks about is the attractive character. Mm-hmm. So, anytime that you have, you know, a fan page, or you have you know, Instagram profile, uh, or you're on LinkedIn, or whatever social platform you gravitate towards, where you feel like you're speaking the language mm-hmm. of the people that are there, it's very important that you um, you're a person first. You're right. not you're not the business. You come out, you share your story, uh, you share your epiphany story, you share how you discovered the solution to the problem that you're having that maybe other people might be having, mm-hmm. and it's not about here's the problem, here's the solution, buy my product. It's mm-hmm. here's the problem, here's my solution, and here's how it changed my life. And that's probably gonna allow people to gravitate towards me to want to find out more about what I did. And if they're not interested, I'm gonna keep telling more stories and I'm going to tell, show them the, the inside of my life. I'm gonna uh, display my lifestyle. I'm gonna take them with me when I go on my, run my errand or I'm gonna take them to the gym with me if I'm a physical trainer mm-hmm. or whatever vocation they're in. Um, they're really immersing their audience into it and they're not right. focused so heavily on you know trying to just sell. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing the selling by storytelling.
1: Right. Well, and it, the, the important thing too is somebody might look at that and go,, mm, that's not for me. Okay, That's fine. <laughs> you know? Then you get a move on and they get a move on. Exactly. Well, you know when I was looking at your website, Arthur, which is D, four, the number four, whybrandbuilder.com, you have this great video on there. And I wanted to mention it right now because it does exactly what you are talking about. It lets people get to know you and to know then if they want to work with you. And, and you've titled it The Entrepreneur's Journey. So it really did intrigue me. You know, it's it's about seven minutes long I watched the whole thing. I actually and mm, I turned off my radio so that I could focus on it, which is really pretty unusual. You know, I'm kind of one of these that I'm like doing multiple things at the same time and not quite paying close attention to all of any of them. <laughs> but your video immediately intrigued me because it was you. And and I love that. So talk to people about that and and we you know we want to encourage them to go in and look at the video themselves, but talk to us about it. Again it's called the entrepreneur's journey and it really was fascinating. So tell us a little bit about how that came to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, um The last couple of years, uh, you know, I, I've been doing a lot more podcasts. I've been doing a lot more speaking Mm -hmm. and you know, I, 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 I'm a lot of people call me like a plate spinner. I have a lot of different businesses going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, I I launch courses teaching people how to build communities. I, I run a digital marketing agency where we help people with content and we help people with building communities and I have a media publishing company where we drive millions of visitors every single day to our websites Mm -hmm. and it's, it's all really, you know, really cool. Um, but uh, I think it's really important for people to understand that, um, you know, I didn't wake up one day and I'm like, all right, I'm going to drive a million visitors to my website today. Right. Um, you know, it was a process for me. It, it took time, you know, and, um, I say this a lot and I think it's one of the first things I say in the video. Uh, if you think in eight, if you think eight years is an overnight success, eight years is a, is a pretty long night. I know, I um, love that. And it's true. You know, uh, when I, when I first, you know, started speaking, I, you know, a, a lot of times, You know, people that would invite me to speak, they're like, Arthur, we want you to teach, you know, your Facebook strategies, and we want you to teach, uh, you know, how you're, um, you know, how you're amassing these million people communities, and we want you to teach how you gather like so much engagement on your posts, and how you're able to drive so much traffic socially, and not have to pay for it. And I'm like, that's that's cool. I could teach skill sets all day long, but I feel like. You know, skill sets alone are are kind of worthless mm-hmm. uh, if you don't have good habits. And right. one of the things I wanted to communicate in this video is like, here's me, here's my journey, um, here's a little bit of my background. My family, you know, immigrated to uh, America from a communist country. It took them like 15 years mm-hmm. to get accepted to to move out uh, to to the U.S. And I'm super grateful for it. My sister and I were able to get a much better uh, ability to have a, a, li- a good lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really grateful for my, my parents for persevering through that because mm-hmm. they could have very easily got declined and said, Oh, I guess we can't go. Right. And it happens a lot in business, right? People start a business and in a week they have no success and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably not for me. It's like, you know, it's the point of the point of creating this video is a share my story, but B to remind people that, um, you know, they're obviously getting into business or they're getting into like a hobby that eventually becomes a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they have something to share with the world. And constantly you know, having to remind them that, that that story that they're telling, it matters. And, and people need to hear it. And it's selfish not to share it. And I know for me, Deb, for a long time, I was, I was nervous about getting on stage mm-hmm. and sharing myself and sharing my story. And it was easier to you know, to share like, oh, how do, how do you get leads on Twitter? How do you get leads on, on Facebook? But what's a lot more powerful and a lot more moving is sharing with people, what are the habits that allowed me to be able to actually hone those skills in mm-hmm. and become a master at them, you know what are those? I actually have four habits of success that I not not, not only do I preach them, but I practice them mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and a monthly basis. Every you know every single day, it's part of my life. Mm-hmm. It's part not just in my business, but my my personal life. It's very very important to me, and those four habits are number one is personal development. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't believe like you have to sit there and like read books and like watch courses all day long and not do anything because that's not going to help you grow, uh, your business. But it's really, really important that you incorporate it into your life in some capacity, whether that's listening to a podcast like, like yours or, you know, reading a a really good book or reading a biography about a person that inspires you, Mm -hmm. um, or it's, you know, watching a workshop or a seminar Uh, Recording that just went on that you weren't able to be a part of and now you're watching a recording of it Mm -hmm. personal development has shaped me It's it's allowed me to continue growing as a person continue to put good stuff in so good stuff could come out Mm -hmm. right number two is has been mentorship Mm. and um, You know, I'm a big believer in mentorship. I have I have many different mentors for many different areas of my life Mm -hmm. at any given time So if I want to work on my health, I'm gonna get a health coach Okay. If I want to be a higher performer, I'm going to get a high performance coach. If I want to figure out how to do uh, my finances better, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hire somebody that's awesome in finances and help have them show me their system so I can be better at it. Mm-hmm. If I want to be a better CEO or leader, I'm going to take a leadership course. So I'm a really big believer in mentorship and latching on to people that have been where you want to go so you can get there faster. You can you can bypass a lot of the the bumps and bruises. not saying that those aren't important because they are. But you can bypass a lot of them, so you can get there a little bit faster by right. having that mentor in your corner. Uh, you know, basically, you know, egging you on. If you think about like Rocky, mm-hmm. um, man, I I'm gonna space on the on the guy's name, but the guy that's in his corner, he's not boxing. But right. he's in his corner. He's coaching. The old guy. The old, the old guy, yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm probably going to get abused for not remembering the guy. I know. Right now. I, I, I can see him. In my head,
1: I can see him. <laughs>
0: oh, I, I, I totally see him. He's got his beanie on. He's yelling, right. screaming. Right. He's not fighting. Uh-huh. But he's he's egging on Rocky so Rocky mm-hmm. can win. And that's what mentorship has done for me. And it's not just mentorship in a one-on-one setting, but it's mentorship in a group setting. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a lot of different masterminds. There's a lot of power to meeting with people that are, um, you know, of a higher caliber, Mm -hmm. um, not people that, you know, are just getting started necessarily, but people that are like, I look up to, and I'm like, man, you guys are growing these big businesses. It might have nothing to do with the type of business that I have, but I want to learn from you. Right. And so I get together with them a couple times a year and I do that. The third habit is time management. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they just, they just don't know how to manage their time. And I know, That, you know, your, your, your original question was about the video, but I know I mentioned this a lot Uh, in the video, you know, it's, it's just so interesting to me, you know, entrepreneurs in general, like we're, we're rebels. Mm -hmm. I know, I know personally for me, I'm a rebel. Um, You know, I don't, I don't want to conform. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do the nine to five. Like, you know, I don't want to answer anybody. Mm -hmm. And, but you got to also realize that a lot of that's backwards because at the end of the day, like if I want to grow a big business and I want to have a team that looks up to me and I want to be a leader, then I got to be willing to still put in the 8, 10, 12, 14 hour day, even if, right. even if that is not a nine to five, mm-hmm. it might be, you know, a six to, to faint or six to midnight sometimes mm-hmm. to get the, to get the job done. Right. And it's just that entrepreneurs have it so backwards. They're just like, they want that like four hour work week without putting in those, crazy work weeks leading up to that
1: mm-hmm.
0: right you know outsourcing is fun and and it's cool and and it's cool to hire and build a big team but it's really really important that you know how to manage your own time before you expect mm-hmm. other people to learn how to manage theirs right um and then the last one is money management mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i know throughout my my, my career uh, i've had months where i've made a lot of money and then at the end of the month there was more month left at the end of the money oh right and um uh-huh. And it's because I didn't know how to manage it. And you had, I, I might've figured out how to make it, but I didn't know how to actually keep it. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, one area that was probably the toughest for me that I really had to, had to figure out how to get around the right people mm-hmm. that have made a lot of it that have also figured out how to manage it the right way. Right. And I'm super grateful for my wife actually, because she's a great money manager mm-hmm. and uh, she balances me out. So when, you know, when when I want to go uh, spend on something, we look at it holistically. Of, 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 does it make sense, mm-hmm. right? Does it make sense in the short term? Does it make sense in the midterm? Does it make sense in the long term? Mm-hmm. And everything is kind of a conversation. Versus, you know, what a lot of um, you know entrepreneurs or small business owners do is they just go and they spend and they figure out later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, but that you know that was the the premise of the video. The premise of the video is really kind of sharing like um, that your message here on earth, it absolutely matters. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's important that people share and it's important that people stick it out because um, I've had plenty of times throughout my career where it was much easier to throw in the towel than to keep going. And like a really quick story, Deb, is when I was living in South Florida, um, uh, when I first moved there from New York, I was okay. Within a couple of months, I found myself in a kind of interesting scenario um, had some things happen financially that were, were unexpected and I found myself squatting in a house in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have a background with, uh, you know, drug abuse and drug addiction. And by this point I had about two years sober. I'm at about almost, almost 11 and a half, um, 11 and a half almost years, uh, years sober now, but back wow. then it's about two years sober. Mm-hmm. And um, I found myself like, squatting in this house in South mm-hmm. Florida. I didn't have uh, the ability to pay the water bill, so I couldn't take showers there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't pay the electric. I had, um, you know, candles for light. And even if I could pay it, it was like, it wasn't my house to pay right. it. Right.
1: Yeah, the bills didn't come to you.
0: Exactly. It was just like, even if I had it, it I'd have to figure out how to be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and But in my mind, I was like, well, I could pull it off, but do I pull off the, you know, the money to you know, pay for my bills or do I pay for leads in my business and continue chasing my dreams? And most people, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with if you're taking, you know, there's nothing wrong with if you take the bills decision. I think it's a smart decision to take for most people, especially if you have a family and you have mm-hmm. kids or you have stuff going on. I was mm-hmm. single back then and I didn't have a lot of anything like depending on me necessarily, uh-huh. but I chose this other path of like, I'm going to pay for leads in my business. So I keep chasing my dreams. Mm mm-hmm. And, you know, that's probably not the best scenario, like rock bottom type moments are probably not the best scenarios, but how, how many, you know, scenarios can somebody that's listening to this think of where you could have easily pushed yourself just a little bit harder to keep chasing your dreams, but you decided to take the easy way out.
1: Right. Well, and sometimes it wasn't the easy way out. It was the, oh my gosh, that's too scary. Exactly. And, you know, and, 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 you know, I, again, I love the part in your video where you're not perfect. You know, and 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 you talk about your addiction and things like that. And I think to me, that's what makes you human. And that's what's very difficult for so many business owners. We think we have to be perfect, you know, and and we you know, and and, and, and you know, it might mean that somebody looks at it and goes, well, you know, no, that's that's not who I want to work with okay, then you didn't want to work with them to start with. So, you know, not a big deal. They can go on to, to somewhere else. Um, and then you've got these cute little videos, and they're very short. They're like, what, maybe 20, 30 seconds of your team members where they talk about if they could have a superpower, what would their superpower be? And I loved that too, because again, it's letting people get to know just a little bit about someone that they might want to work with.
0: So Deb, if you had a superpower... What
1: would that superpower be? Um, oh, crud. See, and and I knew you were <laughs> going to ask that because I watched these. Early, I'll I'll think about it. and We'll get back to it later on in the program. No worries. I, I, don't wanna, I don't want I don't want to
0: put you on the spot. I just okay. love that question.
1: I know. Well, and you know, let's encourage the listeners too because we'll post about this obviously on on our various social media. We want to know what your superpower would be, also. Um, you know, and and you know, it, it's it's one of those things where. You know, you, you probably have thought about it that, well, gee, if only I could, you know, those type of moments. And, you know, yeah, it'd be fun to leap tall buildings and, you know, do all those things. But, you know, let's kind of make them something that is quasi business related. Um, you know, and, and, but, but yeah, so I'll, I'll think about that. We'll have it. I'll think about it. Hopefully I'll be able to come up with something here in the program. Okay. Um, but again, it is about letting people know who you are, and, and getting to know you. And you mentioned Facebook Live. You know, I love Facebook Live videos because they're just about as raw as can be. And, and I mean raw as in the video perspective. You know, you're doing it with your phone. Your microphone doesn't always work. You know, you've got horrible backgrounds. It's reversed. I always love those. Um, you know, all these various things. But it's showing the person. You know, and and we're getting to know that person and maybe you're doing it as a business tool. You know, I talked to a restaurant owner one time who I said, you know, do you do a special of the day? And he said, well, yes. And I said, what if you did a quick little Facebook video showing your chef preparing it? And you so there's all sorts of ways that you can use Facebook live. But what I love about them is it truly is live. Now, granted, they get archived on your site if you want them there. But, you know, all these various things and but we're letting people know kind of the nuts and bolts the down and dirty you know all of those various things and it humanizes us even more
0: yeah this is that's a really really good um, point. and that's probably one of the biggest fears we run into with you know our clients uh, when we we launched a community and they know that you know leading up to about 10 15,000 fans on the community page they're going to have to start going live and a lot of the folks that we work with they've never done a video before but they've seen them. They've seen the polished videos. They've seen the professional videos. They watch my video, and they think every one of their videos has to be like my hero's journey video, which there's one of. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep reminding them, like, no, you know, people, um, you know, it's good to have that hero's journey, like commercial or uh, whatever it is about you your your story. But really, people got to be able to relate to you. They they have to be able to connect with you. And the more raw that you can be with them and the more human you could be with them, the easier it becomes to make that bridge where mm-hmm. you're not so you're not so far away from where they want to be. Right. Right? If if you're a fitness pro- professional and you're like really in shape and you, let's say that you're a woman and you're targeting other women and you're trying to help them really like I will give you an example. There's a there's a gal out there her name is um Kaylin uh Poulin, mm-hmm. and she's got a um she's got a community called the Lady Bosses. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a pretty big community on Facebook and she does a lot of Facebook lives. and So she's like this buff woman And she's like really in shape, but she has the background story, right? She used to be fat. Mm -hmm. She used to be out of shape and she used to hate the way she looks. And she had like all these insecurities about herself. Mm -hmm. And then she did what she did and she got to where she's at now. And now she shares that with other, um, other women. And she doesn't have it where there's a green screen and there are these light, you know, lights all over her and there's, she's mic'd up and she's got like a whole crew. No, I mean, she does that for her launches but mm-hmm. when it comes to the Facebook live videos, she's in her boardroom or she's in her bedroom or she's in her living room or mm-hmm. she's hanging out with her, with her husband. And she's just being rushed. She's just being herself. Mm-hmm. And that's why people love her as much as they do, because they feel like they can not only relate to her, but they feel like they can, you know, they feel like they, they can actually hang out with this person. Mm-hmm. They right. can actually go like somewhere with this person. They can go um, to the park with them. They can, you know, they, their kids can play together. They can see that happening. Versus, you know, someone that's like way up here on some television show that is some celebrity that no one feels like they could ever uh, meet or or get a, a chance to hang out with.
1: Right. It's funny. I, I you know, have <coughs> TV on a lot and there's, you know, the Weight Watchers commercials and all of those. And, and, you know, and they always have the celebrities who have lost 40, 50 pounds, whatever. And I'm thinking oh, fooey on you. You know, you have a personal trainer. You have someone preparing your food, yada, 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 yada. And, and it's just exactly what you said. They're not the everyday person. And so you can't relate to them.
0: Yeah. And and unfortunately, I mean, it's kind of a a Hollywood, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, phenomenon that's kind of happened because if you, if you really think about it, a lot of these people that are, you know, the celebrity status people, Mm -hmm. they are regular people right? and the ones that come out and they, and they show their true selves and they, and they, they do like Facebook lives and they build a community. They have the ability to bring people back down to, you know, to feel like they're on the same level as them. Right,
1: right. You know, and it's funny because some of the major advertisers are catching on to that, too. And it's just something and especially um, as a woman that I start paying attention to is the, you know, the ads for some of the companies where they're now starting to have women who are overweight, who are older, who are different ethnicities, you know, all these things. So they could have just as easily gone into a neighborhood and picked the 10 people that they first found to be in their commercials. Because, you know, when when I look at those ads and it's, you know, somebody who's a size zero and I know that they've been, you know, they've had four hours with a stylist and all those. I'm like, yeah, whatever. But when it's somebody that, again, like you said, it's somebody that you could go have coffee with or looks like somebody that you could go have coffee with. I'm much more likely to actually pay attention to that. And it comes back to what we were saying at the very start It's about building those communities.
0: yep. and uh, I love I love like sharing like little stories, little tidbit stories like um, you know regarding this topic is, when it comes to Facebook video, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a client um, and you know, some clients we could talk about and some, uh, we have kind of com- confidentiality agreements with. So it's, right. we can't publicly discuss, but this particular person, um, his name is Ben Wilson and he, he owns a company called Ben's Carts. And he's, uh, um, he's got a slogan that is like hot dog saved my life. So he was kind of destitute, um, at a certain point in his life. He started a hot dog, uh, cart vending business mm-hmm. and it turned his life around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we recently started working with him and we started a page, uh, for him called Addicted to Grilling. So it wasn't it wasn't just focusing on his Ben's Cards business. It was uh-huh. about the community. It's about grilling. It's about kind of what he's into and right. what what the what the audience that would be attracted to Ben's Cards would be into. Mm-hmm. And we built the page to about thirty five forty thousand, and finally convinced Ben to go live. And in the very beginning, it was like, oh man, I got to get the camera, and he went and like bought like all his tripod stuff. And I just humored him. I said, Ben, you know what? Go get all that stuff you want to get. Um, but I'm gonna create like a little outline for you of what you want to say and how you want to present yourself. So he went. He bought all that stuff just so he could feel good about being right. prepared professionally. Mm-hmm. But as funny is the videos that got the most traction on that page were, literally, videos of him walking out into his backyard, opening uh-huh. up his grill, throwing up, throwing the meat or the vegetables on the grill, and showing people right. the tips and tricks of better grilling, better um, preparing your food, better marinating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how to clean the grill, things like that. That's the stuff that people are into, and even more so, they loved Ben. They they right. loved the character of Ben and who Ben was as a person mm-hmm. that's what attracted them and no light no camera no setup was going to make that more perfect for him
1: right yo know, and and it's it is it's it's something that you know, as as we've said, it makes them human. Now, are there some things that you have to do? Yes, the audio is critical. I mean, you can have the greatest video in the world. But if people can't tell what you're saying, it's not going to do anything. You know, that is kind of the one thing that that you have to watch. But again, we're not saying, you know, spend a lot of money buying a microphone, experiment with it, you know, do all sorts of things. And part of it is, you know, how you're doing it, you know, uh, kind of, you know, some things like that. But, again we we know that you're not spending a hundred grand on it so if you know it cuts out every once in a while or there's wind or you know doorbell rings whatever again it makes them human
0: yeah I mean the biggest thing I'll say to that is I agree with you audio is extremely important and you know it's probably not a bad idea to have decent video picture with if you're doing live video mm-hmm. uh, but don't beat yourself up if you have a fail because I, I, I can't tell you how many times Deb I've had a webinar and I've had hundreds, if not thousands, of people show up live, and my audio fails. Right. These things happen, and it's very yeah. easy for people that are that are new that something like that happens to, to be like, oh my god, how are people going to look at me? They, they must like really dislike me because I, you know, took away like ten minutes out of their day to jump on this, and now uh, it didn't work, and I failed, and they're going to beat themselves up forever. But I mean, the reality is, is that like you went out there and you and you you gave it your all, and you had mm-hmm. a technical glitch or a failure. These things happen. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Keep on going.
1: Right, You know, maybe laugh about it. You yeah. Know, and, and, you know, because it, it, if somebody pokes fun at themselves, you know, we kind of, again, that humanizes them. Don't act like it didn't happen. You know, that's kind of the, the worst thing. But, yeah, you know, these like you said, these things happen.
0: Yeah, it was, it's funny. Uh, we we did a webinar. My, my friend Chris and I, we did a webinar uh, about, I want to say about two and a half years ago. And we were doing Google Hangout. And Google Hangout back then was a little glitchy. Um, and I remember we invited uh, a lot of people and we had about, you know, 2000 or 2,500 people register for this webinar event that we were doing and we had 1500 people show up live and, um, for 45 minutes, we worked on our audio Mm -hmm. and because of the clout and the community and the trust and the rapport that we build with our audience, over 90% of the people that were there from, you know, the time that we went live. So the forty-five minutes in when we finally got audio working, ended up staying all the way through, cheering us on, getting us to to go. So I I think you know bringing the kind of full circle, building the community, super important. Building that trust, super important. Building that rapport, super important. Getting your audio and your video right, also important. But again, don't spend you know your last dollar on getting the best, highest production quality stuff. Um, you know, focus more on sharing yourself and sharing who you are
1: right. well, you know then one of the things that is so important is what you're actually posting, and that's the content. So you know one of the things, and it's it's funny, I always ask my guests, you know what would you like to talk about, and what would you know what you submitted was you wanted to talk about content marketing, and you know it it is part of this whole thing actually it's it's obviously very critical to it. So talk to us first about what is content marketing, and then let's talk about why it is so important.
0: Yeah, so I'm a, like I said earlier, I'm a big believer in, in being able to create more assets mm-hmm. uh, through like the long-term marketing campaigns that you do. And uh, one of the big add-ons that I encourage uh, all of our clients, and this is something we also do internally, to do is that eventually they want to introduce what's called an authority site uh, for their audience where they can... They can um, Provide their audience with quality original content. Okay. They could they could consume. Um, they could learn the latest trends or the latest news or some of the timeless pieces. So, like if somebody's like in the pet space, um, you know, they they could talk about you know feeding and grooming and um, you know how to prevent certain diseases in dogs and things like that. Um, written content, video content, but doing it on your own platform via content marketing. So mm-hmm. via like a blog or a website um, is is really. Important as part of the strategy as far as building an asset because the thing the thing I like about blogs um, And I don't want to get too technical on on a radio uh, Show or on a podcast, but once you take people off of Facebook and they come over to your blog or your website where you have content Mm -hmm. You're in full control of that experience from that point right
1: and you and and you'd better be aware that they can leave just as easily as they got there
0: exactly Um, and but you also have a lot of opportunities if you leverage those opportunities, whether that's right. building a lead list, building a messenger list on Facebook where you know it has got has got about a four times higher open rate than email does, has about a, a nine times higher click rate than email does. But you could you could do that on your on your blog, whereas it's a lot harder to do it inside of a social network. Um, you can pixel your audience, meaning you could drop a little piece of code on that person's computer and you could follow them around the web and put relevant content in front of them um bringing them back over to your site Mm -hmm. um you know you can you can host contests you can you can embed videos you can do full-blown shows on your on your blog there's a lot of different things you could do to really start driving community to really start driving um you know that that interaction on a much deeper level with your audience Mm um and and so it's you know it's something that that i'm a big believer in and it's something that we've done very very um successfully. So even going back to that example with Country Rebel, uh, one of the things that we did is if you actually went to countryrebel.com, you would see that they are the largest country music blog in the world. Wow. Uh, they, they generate about um, 8 million unique visitors every single month. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get more traffic than the CMT network does.
1: Oh, holy cow.
0: So, and they're posting news and content around the country music space. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a big sales pitch either. It's just like mm-hmm. here's like legitimate content. Here's a concert that was done. Here's something that we live streamed. Here's an interview that we conducted. They're a media pub- They're essentially a media publishing company that happens to sell hats and shirts and wallets and Americana gear, which is their mm-hmm. core business. But mm-hmm. they're they're doing that through content marketing. Right. And uh, pretty much all of our clients, it's one of the things we encourage they do once they get some momentum built in their in their community building efforts is mm-hmm. bringing people from the social platform we're using, which in our case is primarily Facebook and Instagram, um, mm-hmm. over to something that they actually own. And a blog is typically something that you own. It's your asset. Nobody can take it away from you. Um, technically, any community you build in any social network, you don't really own that thing, right? right? Social network owns it. You happen to have the ability to use it, and you grow it, and you can do all that stuff, but if you break the rules, you can lose it, whereas you can't lose your content site. You can't mm-hmm. use, lose your blog. And if you build it right, um, it's something that will pay dividends for you, not just monetarily, but the reward you'll get with building that audience and nurturing your community and communicating with them on a weekly basis through your list building efforts um, and all of the different other things that you can do with that as well.
1: Right. Right. Well, and it is something that people absolutely have to keep in mind. They don't own Facebook. They don't own Twitter. You know, I I have somebody probably at least once a week that comes up to me at a networking event, you know, whatever, and says, well, you know, I, I really don't have much of a website or I don't have a website at all because I've got a Facebook page. And I tell them that's great. But what if Facebook goes under or what if Facebook decides, hey, you're going to have to pay to access that page, you know, or we're going to delete all of your fans, you know, all of these various things. And they look at me like, oh, no! you know, and, and and they really should be saying, oh, no, because, you know, maybe they have 10,000 fans on their page. But if they didn't actually get them then to their website so that they signed up for their emails, you know, all those various things. Those 10,000 people really don't mean all that much because they could go away just by, you know, Facebook saying eh, too bad, um, you know, and, and it's, it is something that, you know, it's, we love social media. You know, you mentioned that, you know, you do Facebook, Facebook's my biggie, um, you know, and, and all of those things. And, and, but they're not, it's not your space. And, you know, you mentioned that several times and keep that in mind, folks, you know, it isn't your space. I mean, how many times have we logged in and it looks different, the algorithms change. You know, they still say even Facebook says that less than 5% of the fans of your page see your content. Now, if you have done really well with the things that Arthur is talking about, more people are going to see your content just because, you know, they're they're more engaged with it and all of those various things. But it's still not your site. You need to be getting them off to your website.
0: Yeah, and that's that's really important that you mention that. It's uh I think the the global average on engagement um, on a page is you're right you're right right there. It's I think it's six point two percent, which is really low. Um, and it's and it's um, I mean, I couldn't imagine um, what that would be like, mm-hmm. um, but it's a real it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, the pages that we run because we focus on community because we focus on hot niche topics um, because we have a formula for how do we like you know. Figure out whether or not a topic is going to work or not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we we have about a anywhere from an eighty to about one hundred and sixty percent weekly engagement um, every single every single week. So, for example, if we had a hundred thousand uh, fans, we we drive anywhere from eighty to one hundred and sixty likes, comments, and shares on a weekly basis. Okay. And the way that we do that is we we practice something we call the congruency doctrine, and it's all about making you know the the content that the people came there to see keeping it congruent and not deviating it from it from that too right. much so an, an example that I like to share uh, really quick is you know for example I have a, a big rock and roll page and mm-hmm. specifically it, it focuses on classic rock and you know so we focus on things like the Beatles we focus on Pink Floyd we focus on Jimi Hendrix uh, we focus on Queen and those are the bands that we focus on so we build our audience around those bands we mm-hmm. we focus on content social content as, as well as written content we have a site uh, to go along with an authority site called crazyforrock.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people could go and look at, it's a real site, it's a real blog that we run. And, uh-huh. and um, you know, if we started to deviate and we said, you know what, Red Hot Chili Peppers are really big now and Green Day is really big now, we want to post that stuff now. And we started to do that, we would experience those 6% engagement.
1: Right, because and, the people who liked that went, what?
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's become very incongruent. And incongruency um, is what, causes pages to suffer as much as they do and causes people to complain as much as they do about Facebook, not giving them the reach or not giving them, you know, the ability to, to, to reach their audience and all that sort of stuff. And it's, it's like, if they just looked at what they're actually doing and tried to make logical sense of it, I think they would understand uh, why it's happening the way it is. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. So Arthur, you know, you're dealing with brands that have large appeal, you know, and, and, and topics that have kind of this great, uh, appeal that, that, you know, uh, many people are going to be interested in. What about the small business owner who maybe sells insurance or has a car wash or, you know, a plumber, you know, all those various things? How can they you know they're they're not going to have these numbers. I mean, you know, let's let's be honest, folks. You're not going to get those numbers, but that's okay. You don't need those numbers. You know, and but how can someone who has a, a let's just say less sexy type of thing that they're selling, how can they use your strategies?
0: Well, one that's a really good question, and I got that question a lot, especially when I first started. Um, well, actually, one of the questions I used to get was, "How does doing a page about a TV show, jewelry, or dogs make real world dollars?" That was the exact question that I used to get, and uh, my my answer to that question is how do how do companies make money advertising to people watching those shows? Mm-hmm. You know, or why do why do companies spend millions of dollars on a Super Bowl ad? And the answer is is actually fairly simple. It's they know who is watching, and so do I. Because with social media, you could track everything. So if you're selling insurance, you know, it depends what type of insurance. Or if you're selling plumbing. What type of plumbing? What what right. area are you in? Are you in a, a mm-hmm. wealthier area, mid, middle-class area? Like who do, you, who do you target? Who do you focus on? And then remembering that the people that you're serving, whether it's through a product or a service, they're mm-hmm. people, they're consumers. Right. They buy mm-hmm. products and services. They're either going to buy them from you or they're going to buy them from somebody else. They're going to mm-hmm. buy them, right? And so what are those other things that those people are interested in mm-hmm. that you can interact with them and build a community around Mm-hmm. And then once they get to know you, they're more likely to do business with you. So if we're doing like real estate, which is not like a super sexy niche, right, mm-hmm. uh, real estate, um, then, you know, like, and let's say like I was selling like real estate in the state of Florida or, or you know, I, I, my, my primary, I was a real estate agent. And my primary focus is selling, um, you know, golf side housing or something like mm-hmm. that, right? I might build a community around golf or I might build a community around lifestyle or I might build a community around travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes an easier bridge for my audience that, you know, aspire to do more golfing or aspire to mm-hmm. do more travel. Um, or, you know, maybe, you know, I, I do beach rentals or I, I do beach side properties. And so I might do a beach travel page, um, you know, talking about like the, the lifestyle of living on the beach or traveling to certain beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, uh, I encourage people that want to do the strategy. find something that you're actually passionate about mm-hmm. versus doing a page because it's a hot topic. Mm-hmm. That's important, but it's if you're a pa- if you're not passionate about it, you're gonna lose interest and right. it's gonna be that one one month you know campaign that ends up you know you end up saying it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I know I've had you know one or a hundred of those before. Mm-hmm. Um, where I pick something and I don't really like the topic but it's a hot topic and I do it and I'm like, I really hate this topic mm-hmm. and, and I just abandon it. Right. So um, you know that's a good question you know there's not there's there's business out there where you love your business and you know it, you have a, a ton of it, especially like plumbing businesses, insurance businesses everybody needs insurance everybody needs plumbing all the time. And so how do you create that bridge? What are the people that are buying your service or your product also interested in it, and where can you find that? middle ground where you can find mm-hmm. that you, you could talk about with them.
1: Right. Well, and it's, it goes back to exactly what we were saying at the very start of the program. You've built that community and more importantly, they trust you. So then when you gently, you know, mention that you sell insurance or, you know, a, that you're a plumber or whatever, they're like, Oh, okay. Well, I really like Arthur. And I love that he's been providing me with these golfing tips and Oh my gosh, I need a plumber there's Arthur. And, and so it is, it's about, you know, tying all those things together. And I can't say it enough, folks. It's about reminding people that you're a human and remembering that you're working with humans also.
0: Yeah. And I I know we're here at the top of the, of the hour, Deb, but I want to share this one, um, this one little thing. So when I first started this, uh, this strategy, I actually, I moved to Costa Rica from New York. Um, because mm-hmm. I wanted to get away. I wanted to just experience life outside outside of the U.S. and wanted to just mm-hmm. relax. <clears throat> and I met a friend of mine that was just building these big communities that I didn't understand, like, why you build communities around country music or Duck Dynasty or these different pages that he had. But he was making uh-huh. a ton of money, and he was j- generating a lot of leads for his business, and he was ha- having a life living and surfing all day long, and I wanted mm-hmm. to learn. And that's where I learned the strategy. And one of the things he said to me is, hey, focus, you know, if you're going to do this strategy, focus on a, on a niche or on a topic that you're passionate about. And um, I'll share with you and, and the audience and the listeners, um, the, my, my very first page was The Walking Dead fan club. <laughs> and uh, I'm a big fan of the show uh-huh. and I follow it like I'm like really diehard fan of The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. And when I first started, I got a lot of crap from some of my friends and colleagues who were like, right. Get, like how are you going to use this page to make money or to generate leads or, or to drive business throughout mm-hmm. the years? And quite honestly, I didn't know either. Um, Mm -hmm. I had no idea how I was going to do that. Um, I just I just knew that this guy was doing it and I was going to figure it out. And once I realized that these people that watch the show are just people like me, I'm a consumer, they're consumers, there's certain Mm -hmm. things we like, what are the commonalities? And so in retrospect, you know, that page now has about 850,000 fans on Facebook. Uh, Mm -hmm. We still grow it to this day, We, we generate a ton of content for it. On our authority site, we drive people over to our website. We we collect leads. We do all that stuff. But mm-hmm. throughout the last four years or five years of building that page, that page has made me millions of dollars selling everything from gardening to survival to mm-hmm. uh, do-it-yourself stuff to crafting. And if you think mm-hmm. about it, people that watch that show—that's the type of stuff that they're into. Right? They're into survival. They're into uh, like growing your own food. They're into garden mm-hmm. into a you know, mm-hmm. farmers market type stuff. Like they're into That sort of thing. They're into survivalism. Mm -hmm. And I've also, you know, built other stuff on there and tried different things on there. But for the most part, those direct or indirect bridges that I've built, people were all over because once they figure out who's behind it and that we have this common interest of The Walking Dead and we Mm -hmm. also have these other common interests of things we like to buy that we're going to buy regardless, whether it's Mm -hmm. page or, you know, on Amazon, um, it became really easy to create that bridge and sell products and services to those people.
1: Right. Well, and it was important that it was, as you mentioned, a similar product. I mean, if you all of a sudden tried to sell a Mercedes there, people would be like, what? huh?" Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, You know, and and so it it is about tying it all together. And speaking of tying it all together, we have to wrap up. And this has been so much fun. I love this, Arthur. Um, I'd love to have you on as a guest again, because I think we've just scratched the surface on how to really build communities that people can then leverage to sell their product and services.
0: Absolutely. I'd love to, I'd love to be back sometime in the future for sure. So thanks for having me again.
1: Great. Well, um, tell folks how they can find you online.
0: Uh, best way, since we're talking about Facebook, is uh, they can reach out to me on Facebook. So it's just fb.com forward slash Arthur Tubman, my full name. Um, and my website is D4Y D, the number four y brandbuilder.com. So you could check out our, our agency there. And uh, reach out to me on Facebook if you have any questions. And uh, look forward to connecting with each and every one of you.
1: Perfect. Well, I am Deb Creer, and I I know what my superpower would be. See, I remembered. It would be to have more minutes that we could be able to do this, so I would stretch time. I love that. (laughs) And actually, I I would do that. I would love to have more minutes every day, and especially when I'm talking with such fun people. So I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Arthur Tubman. And until next week, everyone have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast
1: is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.